Welcome to episode 24 of Manager Mysteries and Mishaps, presented by Quantum Workplace. In this podcast, we explore meaningful and actionable insights to help you become a better manager. I'm Dr. Dan Harris, lead researcher here at Quantum Workplace. In this episode, I'll be conducting an interview about performance feedback. Giving performance feedback to employees can be difficult. What do you say? How do you say it? When do you say it? You may give straightforward feedback every time you notice a performance issue within your team. Maybe you wait a week or two to see if it naturally works itself out, and if it doesn't, then you take a slower, more methodical approach. And maybe you only offer performance feedback a few times a year or when you're told by HR to get on it. There are so many possibilities here, and I could go on and on because this topic is so rich, so full of voices who have written or talked about performance. To narrow it down to one voice in this episode, I interviewed Nicole Davies, Vice President of Learning, Talent, and Performance at Valet Living. Throughout the interview, Nicole talks about ways to navigate the performance feedback process, taking the manager's ego out of the picture, rethinking how we view the performance improvement plan, and the skill gap versus will gap. Some employees don't realize, embrace, or live up to their performance potential. So the overall question is, how can people managers coach team members who those managers believe aren't performing to their top or best standards? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great question, and I think it really has two pieces to it, right? It has the, the view, the manager view, and then the associate or employee perspective. So I think the first thing that a manager should do and and can do when they start to question someone's performance is to figure out by what gauge, you know, what are they using to gauge performance? Is it their understanding of success? Is it a, is it an institutionalized value of success? Do we have really clearly defined outcomes of what success actually looks like? And, and if there aren't those, which there aren't in many workplaces, I mean, there's a lot of avenues to get to a win Mm -hmm. in most companies, right? Um, Asking the manager, how much of me is wrapped up in the way that I want to see a person doing something, right? So just removing yourself as the manager, or or taking the ego out of any expectation you have around someone's performance and making sure that you are allowing room for the creativity and the personalized success pathway that each associate may choose to take. So Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but really trying to pull yourself out of the middle of the equation Mm. and focusing it more directly on the associate. And then I think once you are able to do that kind of self-analysis, self-awareness, the other piece of it is to really think about um, the the associate like how how have we uh, given the associate the opportunity or the employee the opportunity to really understand clearly the expectations and what are their understandings of their performance right so having conversations with them that are more asking than telling right giving them an opportunity to answer questions like Where do you feel like you add the most value in the work that we do here? When do you feel like you're performing at your personal best? Uh, You know, what are the ways in which uh, we can help you to be successful in achieving your goals? So allowing the associate to feel like they're put in the center of the conversation and not being told uh, what is needed of them, but instead being asked and encouraged Mm -hmm. 
to participate in reaching a, a mutually acceptable outcome, right? So giving that associate a chance to be centered to their process. I think the other piece, and it's not, again, new knowledge or rocket science, is really giving that individual an opportunity to hear what they are doing well and being able to celebrate those opportunities. You know, we've all heard that, uh, you know, if we, if we give folks opportunities to hear over and over again that they're not meeting expectations or potentially failing, that the brain has that fight-or-flight response, mm-hmm. right? So it starts to literally shut down. It starts to, uh, you know, feel like uh, the bad news is coming, so let me pull together all the forces, batten down yeah. the hatches, because I don't want to hear what's coming next, right? But if we can create that environment, take away the fear, get to the system that allows people to hear, hey, hey, let's call out those times when you have been super successful. Let's talk about the times when we've seen excellence in your performance. How can we continue to take that branch that's already formed and, and put new buds on the, on the limb, right, to create new opportunities to continue to do the work that you do well already and, and more of it in the organization? Then we don't have that amygdala response, the reptilian brain kicking in, and we've created an opportunity for that associate to just... Uh, you know, feel like they're, they have a chance to continue to, sh- to thrive and to succeed, demonstrating the types of things that they've already done well within the organization. So for me, I think it's, again, clear feedback, but not unkind feedback, right? So giving folks opportunities to really be able to hear if there are clearly defined expectations, what those are, creating an environment where the associate does have a chance to respond and participate in the pathway to get there, Uh, being careful about not having those fear reactive based unkind feelings Mm -hmm. generating within the the individual so that they can uh, continue to, to deliver on the the things that they already do super well, and then giving them constant opportunities to evaluate and inspect. So don't just have it be a one-off conversation and when you start to see, you know, potentially that, that behavior heading down the right path, that you just check out on them. Come back around and say, hey, Nicole, uh, you know, we noticed last week, or I was in a conversation with you last week where I saw you do X, and I saw the client respond by doing Y, and that was fantastic because of Z, mm-hmm. right? So giving that person opportunity opportunities over and over again to hear of those micro successes that he or she may be having so that they can continue on that pathway. One thing that you said that was pretty interesting, I've never heard it framed in that way before, was for managers to kind of take their ego out to pull their selves kind of out of the equation. What suggestions would you give to managers who may have difficulties with that or maybe not even be aware that they're bringing their ego too much possibly into their teams? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the constant, it's, it's the constant um, goal of a manager, right, to make sure that the team isn't just um, isn't just being an evolving (laughs) version of that manager, right? Isn't just doing as the manager would do for him or herself, but again, bringing alternate voices to the conversation. So asking the manager, you know, what are my expectations uh, of this particular associate or for this role? Uh, What does success look like? Uh, what you know? What are the pathways by which success could be accomplished? And do I have preconceived notions about uh, you know what it would take to get it done or how to get it done? And am I willing you know to to accept 
something that may not already be in my purview of of mm. uh, of what is reasonable performance. If I hear a totally alternate voice, how am I going to adjust and flex myself to be able to allow that voice to be heard? Have you seen or noticed any tactics or strategies that managers have used to kind of increase their acceptance if someone is either resistant to hearing others' ideas or just to kind of as a test of their own, like, am I an accepting manager? What could they do as their own test in their teams? You know, I I think there's just a lot of good that comes from bouncing those ideas off of mentors or buddies. So taking a chance to to partner with a peer in your organization and to say, you know, hey, I'm I'm really struggling with trying to motivate, you know, someone someone on my team, and these are the boundaries that I'm hitting or these are the barriers that I'm encounter, encountering. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me role play with you a couple of ways in which I can have this conversation and and see how I can, you know, create the environment that's most accepting of of somebody else's voice besides mine. So I think having a person in your organization that you can try things on with is super important. Acceptance is a is one of those ooey-gooey middle kind of things. Like mm-hmm. it's hard, right, yeah. to put your finger on. And I think in general, you know, it, I'm sure you've seen all the studies out there in the world that say we're really unreliable readers mm-hmm. of kind of those leadership competencies like what does being a having a strategic mindset mean right really hard for us to to wrap our head around here's a scale of one to five and we can all standardize around that scale and i think acceptance is that too right Mm -hmm. like it's really hard to to get to an acceptable understanding of here's what here's what it, here's what good management looks like if I'm being an acceptive and inclusive manager and welcoming other ideas, and here's what it's, it isn't. So I think it's going to be just a, a trial and error process to a certain degree and creating an environment where your associates can tell you what is working for them or not working for them, asking lots of questions, not giving answers. And something you said about the associates or the team members' perspective that they may kind of shut down from negativity, that fight-or-flight response. What could managers do to test whether they're potentially doing that in their teams, that either that they're bringing too much negativity or to see if perhaps their team members are responding in a way because the team members are picking up, oh, it's going to be negative again. Why even bother trying to improve? Yeah. Asking the question, right? So Mm. uh, just putting yourself out there, owning the fact that you don't want to create an environment where your voice is the only voice that's heard, right? And and you don't want to surround yourself with people who are just nodding and smiling because they feel like there's only the one way Mm. and it's that leader's way, right? So just creating creating opportunities to receive that honest, as I like to call it, the honest mirror, right, from your associates where that person's holding it up and saying, this is how I'm perceiving what you're asking. Is this really what you mean or is this what you intend for for this experience to be like and and creating enough of an environment where you as a humble leader are willing to allow those those individuals on your team to be able to speak to you openly and honestly uh, without any fear of reprisal right or a reprisal uh, to be able to you know not have to worry about you know I'm going to be in trouble if I if I'm not honest with with Nicole about how I perceive her as a leader You mentioned the term honest mirror. Even beyond, say, performance improvement, employee development, 
how do you think managers could best hold up that honest mirror to themselves? Mm -hmm. What they could think about or ask either of themselves or others to make that mirror the most honest it can be? I think it's it's just, again, those same things that we talked about with the associate. You know, what does success look like for me? You know, and what is my... Uh, what is my pathway to get there and how will I know that I've been successful what do you know when I reach my goal point how will I know if I've if, if I if I if I've really reached the the finish line that I was hoping for or if I've fallen short of my overall goal to, to me it's just really that chance to be able to say I look at me and I see you know I see warrior I see you know innovator I see change agent uh, you know, it, it, and are those really the, the characteristics that I want to put out there in the world? Or, uh, or are those true? Are those the honest and true characteristics that really represent how I show up in my work every day? Uh, so again, just finding that system, finding those people that you can have that checks and balances with to say, this is how I feel like I'm showing up here. Is that how you're perceiving me? Or is there some other view of me that's that I'm not necessarily seeing because I bought that mirror that really makes me look pretty in all lights mm. rather than that one that, yeah. you know, kind of shows you the harsh, uh, the harsh view that you may really need to get your mind wrapped around. Would you recommend a performance improvement plan for those associates, those team members who the managers believe aren't performing to their best? And if so, what might that look like? Or is performance improvement plan not the best word for how you like to approach those kinds of topics? I'm personally, I'm not a fan of a performance improvement plan. Uh, to me, I feel like let's set near-term goals, right? Like let's let's just let's not even talk about what does what does improvement really mean, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just make it more simple than that. Let's get down to the basics over the next three weeks. You know, what is it that we can mutually agree upon that that would advance you to a place where you feel like you've been successful in your role? You know, so that it's less about trying to have the company impose upon an individual. Here's the gating. Here's the gates you have to overcome. Here's the barriers that you have to climb over. And instead, working with that associate to really set uh, goals that he or she can believe in one and feel are achievable too and really taking it more from that perspective I mean is it ultimately hopefully going to improve performance yeah mm-hmm. but do we need the rigor of uh, you know a 30-day plan that's been uh, designed probably in isolation of the associate by a manager and maybe yep. human resources and then given to that person and told it's this or else right I, I just believe that there's a, a better way and that it's a more inclusive process that partners alongside with the associate, not spread out over a time period that's unachievable, but giving them uh, goals that they feel really good about that are within line of sight and uh, something that they can easily be able to say, yeah, okay, within the next 30 days, I do think that that's a reasonable thing to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the next two weeks, I do think that I can accomplish this. A 90-day plan feels huge if you think about it. If your job, if your back's up against the wall and you worry your job is on the line, what does 90 days feel like to you, right? (laughs) But if it's, hey, over the next two weeks, I really like for us to work on achieving this win in your work, how how much more likely are you to buy into that? Yeah, it sounds like you prefer a 
more integrated, inclusive perspective in terms of managing employee performance and development. With that in mind, do you see any trends or are you excited for the future of how that kind of performance feedback, employee development might go? I am. I mean, I think that we've been missing putting the associate or employee center in the process forever. Right? The, 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 the process has always been more about the company needs and the manager's desires than it has been about the, the heart and mind of the associate. Mm-hmm. And now that we're moving towards this process of a, of a conversation that's happening alongside each other, instead of, I'm going to just throw the ball over the fence, you know, or the grenade or whatever you want to say, and the associate has to try and catch it and run with it, uh, you know, it's just a, a, the right direction and, and a welcome change in the way that we view performance. The only other thing that I talk about a lot with our leaders is identifying if it's skill gap or will gap. Sometimes they get confused, right? They, they become jumbled in a leader's mind. And I think if I have an associate who's underperforming, that it might be, uh, you know, clearly this person doesn't want to be here, or this person isn't motivated, or this person doesn't have the desire to, to do the work that we have. And it might be a skill gap, right? So it might just be that they don't have the right tools and, and being honest with uh, yourself about have you given the associate everything he or she needs to be successful? Uh, do they have all the training? Do they have all the all the resources that they need? Do they have the the right level of uh, exposure to you or to a buddy or to someone else that might be able to be helpful to them? And and really taking a look at is are all the skills fully developed in the associate that we need? And mm-hmm. then if if you identify yes, those boxes are checked, then the question becomes more one of will, which again is a harder more uh, difficult thing to standardize, right? It's not as checklisty as something that can be defined of, you know, has has Nicole gone through the 60 days of mandatory training to learn how to use X system? Yes, she has. Boom, check. Skill mm-hmm. complete, right? Will is more, to, am I willing to do the work? Am I, am, I, uh, am I willing to put in the time? Am I willing to be a player on this team? And that will conversation is a totally different thing, right? So, Coaching, coaching around will is not easy. You can't, doesn't matter how many times I hold you accountable, I can't create a feeling of accountability in you, right? You have to, you have to want to, to be accountable for the work. I can't create those checklists mm-hmm. and say, you know, does, does Nicole now have all the will to do the job? That's not something we can coach towards, right? So it's, it's being able to differentiate where does the gap live, asking the right kind of questions to identify if the associate understands where the gap is, and if so, um, creating a plan to address it, and then not, uh, not trying to, again, own that all on the, on the shoulders of the leader. If it's a will gap, we've got to make sure that the associate or employee is engaged in that process too. As a recap of this episode, Nicole talked about how managers can coach team members to realize their performance potential. This involves taking into account both your perspective as a manager as well as your direct reports perspective. For managers, you need to figure out what you're using to gauge performance as well as reduce bias from that process by taking your ego out. Nicole had a great point of making sure the team isn't just an evolving version of you, the manager. From the team members' perspectives, you should make sure they understand their performance expectations. 
During performance conversations, ask them more than you tell them. Be accommodating by allowing employees to be in the center of those conversations rather than just telling them where they're lacking. I especially liked Nicole's thoughts about the skill gap versus will gap. It's so easy to automatically assume that an employee is underperforming because they're simply unwilling to perform, that they don't want to be there or put in the effort. That allows you as a manager to push and offload responsibility onto the employee rather than you being more constructive in owning some of that underperformance. The constructive path is to first view underperformance as a skill gap, something that you can help support through training and resources. Then if you determine it's not a skill gap, to ask, don't assume, ask, what's potentially holding that employee back from performing at a higher level. And that's it for this episode. Join me next time on Manager Mysteries and Mishaps, where I'll discuss the dark side of job roles. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and share with your fellow manager. For more resources to transform the way you manage, check out quantumworkplace.com. Thanks for listening.